0: Hi, welcome to Social Distancing AMA. (laughs) So, I will be doing a series. I am now work from home. I don't know how long. I kind of think we're going to go on a national lockdown. Um, Today is Monday the 16th, and I suspect we will be on a national lockdown, I don't know, sometime within the next week. I hope we won't, but I feel like after this weekend... Um, we're going to. The state of Pennsylvania has shut down non-all-essential stores, and I am working from home, and I just want to put out some content. So, if you're hearing this on the Patreon, thanks for being a patron. Love you. Kiss kiss. If not, hi, welcome to the main feed. I forgot to say, this is Liz Bentley, and this is Feathers in my hair. Really still need to make a new intro. (laughs) (laughs) I keep forgetting to introduce myself and my podcast, Liz Bentley, Feathers in My Hair, a T-Mom podcast that is going to do some social distancing content. Here's the thing. I really wanted to do social distancing content. Uh, My producers wanted to put it on Patreon, which I thought was totally fair. However, I really hated the idea of putting out a lot of content and most people not being able to access it. The reality is, is I understand like a lot of people are worried about their jobs and their livelihoods and these shutdowns that are happening without social support in place and social... What's the word I'm looking for? Social safety nets. Without social safety nets in place are really troublesome and worrying to me. So I hate the idea of, like, posting all over my social media, like, Hey, I know you're bored I'm putting out content, but you have to pay for it. Um, that's not what I'm about. That's not what Solid Listen Network is about, but we also wanted to give a little treat for our patrons. So, like, I'm recording this episode on Monday, it's going to go on Patreon Tuesday if you're listening to it on Tuesday, and then it's going to go on our regular feed on Friday. That way, I think that's a fair and nice way for everybody to get the content. Um, If you pay for Patreon, you can get the episode a little early, and if not, you're going to hear it anyway. Uh, I'm going to do these as Ask Me Anythings. I love to do them. I get a really great and positive response to them. I think the converse, or like the comments they leave, they lead to on my social media is super interesting. I love the messages I get after I do them. I love talking about myself. I love talking about T-Mom. I love talking about reality TV. And this is the easiest way for me to release content is these Ask Me Anythings. And each time I post Ask Me Anything, I get a million questions that I never answer Not I never answer, but that I'm not able to answer all of them at once because I talk a lot. So I thought I would ask again. I am going to... sometime this week I'm going to go through and figure out all the ones that I haven't answered out of the new questions tonight and the questions from this weekend And I will compile those for next time. It's not that they're boring. It's just that when I'm, like, flipping around, I just pick the ones that immediately jump out to me when I'm in the mood. I just want to release a couple of these in the next few weeks. I'm going to do a regular episode this weekend. I'm not going away anymore. I was supposed to go to Virginia this weekend to see my best friend and her kids. But I'm not going to do that. Um, Not so much because of social distancing, because we would just go and sit in her house. I would just go and sit in her house. I would drive there. I wouldn't be exposed to anybody. Not so worried about that. Um, What I am worried about, as I said, is a national lockdown. And when I go to her house, I sleep on an air mattress because for her guest bedroom situation, like she has a playroom that she sets up like a twin mattress in that I don't like. So I bought myself an aero bed that I keep there that is just for me. And it's comfy, but it's comfy for four days. And I can't, Imagine the idea of getting quarantined in a national lockdown where you can't leave. Um, Not in my bed. (laughs) And not with my things. (laughs) I love her. I love her kids. I love her husband. Uh, But by the way, I'm so lucky that my best friend has a husband that I just think is so great. Like, he's not perfect because nobody's perfect, but he makes me laugh so hard. We have so much fun together. Like, he truly is one of my greatest friends. And I love the friendship that we have. And I love that we have a friendship that's like not independent of my best friend at all. (laughs) Like I don't even have his phone number, which actually I probably should have in case of an emergency. But like when, when I'm there, it's like, we totally just the three of us like vibe on such a level. It's so lovely. I'm so, so, so lucky. And, I love them, and I love being at their house, but I don't love the idea of being quarantined there. Also, I just want to say my mom is definitely going to be coming home soon. It's 7 p.m., and she's still at work. They're trying to transfer her to work on work from home. It's a mess. So she's going to come home, and she's going to be loud, and you might just hear her screaming. Not screaming. She's just talking loudly, like me. In the background of my podcast, she may start vacuuming as a stress relief, and, like, that's what she gets to do. This is a really stressful time, and if I'm podcasting more often, I'm not going to ask her be quiet more often by the way I just wanted to share why I live at home so I got like a troll like somebody on reddit like made a screen name to like kind of reflect my reddit username and was leaving like a couple negative comments about me and they got filtered out and one of the mods on the reddit the team on reddit like sent me a message and was like hey this didn't make passive filters but you should report this account to reddit and one of them was like you, li- you live at home you fucking loser." I just want to clarify that, like, I live with my parents by choice. <laughs> I moved over from Florida, and the idea was, like, I would move in with my mom and stepdad, and it would be, like, a super temporary thing. I'd move out. I mean, I've been... This is the first time I'm living with my parents. Well, that's not true. I. So when I moved out and went to college, I lived on my own from when I was, like, 18 to 25. And then after I... 24, I guess. And then after I graduated from college... I don't know. After I graduated from college, which took me, like, 100 years... I lived with my dad for like about eight months and then I went to rehab and I moved to Florida. I lived in a recovery house for a little over a year and then I lived in another apartment for um, three years. So I've been living pretty much on my own for 10 years um, or longer, like from when I was 18 till 30. The reason that I live with my mom is because I really like it here (laughs) My thing is it's like I could afford to go out and get a one bedroom apartment or a studio apartment and live by myself, but the cost of rent in my area has gotten like astronomically high. Um, almost everything has turned into luxury condos. Like these one bedroom apartments that they're putting up near me are like twenty two hundred dollars. Like like, we live in New York fucking city. Like, I live in the suburbs of Philadelphia. <laughs> like, it's not that great. Like, there's no reason. Even, like, regular one-bedroom apartments are between, like, are, like, now between, like, twelve and 1500 which is just expensive. It's just a lot. And so I could, like, I could afford to get a one-bedroom apartment, but that would be a lot of the money that I make every month. So I don't want to do that. So I could obviously go get a roommate. Like, I've had most of my life, most of my adult life, but I don't really see the point in moving out to, like, live with a roommate, you know? Like, I just, like, just in case I don't, like, what if I don't like my roommate? I've had a lot of luck with roommates in the past, but it just seems crazy to me, the idea of, like, moving out with my, out of my mom's, where we all get, me, and my mom, my stepdad get along really well. My mom has a beautiful condo that she owns that she keeps, like, in pristine condition. Like it's so clean. It's so nice. She takes really good care of it. Everything is like so great here. I don't really see the point in like moving out and getting a roommate situation when I don't have to. (laughs) And like is it kind of lame to live with my mom? Like I guess, but I really like it. My mom likes me being here. My stepdad likes me being here. So I just don't see the point in moving out. I just don't see the point. I am happy where I am. And like that person being like, you live with your mom. It's like, it's so clear that like, you don't know me because this is a by choice thing. Like I have a full-time job. I don't have any debt. Like I can afford my own house. Like, well, not my own house. I definitely can't afford to buy a house right now. But, like I can afford to live on my own. If I really want to live on my own, there's, I'm not living here because like financial reasons like I don't have student loan debts. I don't have credit card debt and I make like a decent amount of money like I'm fine. I just wanted to explain for anybody that's curious about why I live with my mom. It's like because I like it (laughs) because I want to because I'm happy here because my mom's happy with me being here. Although you know check back like in two weeks. I'm just gonna do my best and really pray and just try and be as like good of a daughter and as accommodating to her, her as accommodating to her as I can be, uh, because she's the one that you know this is her home and her work from home like, is going to take priority. So I'm just going to be quiet and stay out of the way. And you know, worse comes to worst, I'll figure out a way to do my work in my room, which I can definitely do. So yeah. Let's get on to some questions. That was, like, an ask me anything, but nobody asked me the question. I just, like, was responding to a troll. <laughs> Silly. Okay, the first one, Um, somebody sent me a message, and I'm going to leave it as anonymous, but I want to read it. I think it's really, I it's interesting. She says, I'm an alcoholic, high-functioning. But an alcoholic, I've dealt with substance abuse off and on for about six years. I've gone to NA and AA, but never completed the steps. I'm wondering if you heard of a program called Celebrate Recovery. Uh, and what's your opinion? She said this doesn't have to go on the AMA. I can privately message her. But I wanted to answer this because Celebrate Recovery, for people who don't know, I just want to talk about actually like a couple different recovery options. So, AA and NA. AA is Alcoholics Anonymous. NA is Narcotics Anonymous. They follow, well... Uh, how, how much, how into the history do I want to get here? Basically, AA was started and then drug addicts started coming around and they were like, you can't really come here because we don't know how to help you, which is, you know, not great. Um, so this guy, Jimmy K went and started NA, which is basically exactly the same, except they use the word drugs. (laughs) Like they, except they have their own literature. Like the Alcoholics Anonymous uses what's called the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's where our steps come out of. And NA's is called the basic text, I believe. I've never read uh, the basic text because I go to AA. I work AA steps. NA and AA are pretty similar. They're based off very much the same thing. Um, And then there's like a million other offshoots off of AA that use a version of the 12 steps. Celebrate Recovery is actually quite different. I don't know that much about it personally, but Celebrate Recovery is like a church-based program. It's a Jesus Christ-centric program. It believes in like Jesus is the power that saves you. If you are a person that goes to church and you believe in Jesus and that's your thing, then I say absolutely give Celebrate Recovery a try. Like, you know, what do you have to lose at this point? Uh, I say that for anybody that's struggling, like what do you have to lose if you try it out? If you're a person that is active in church, then yeah, I think Celebrate Recovery could be a great option for you uh, because as you all know, I am a agnostic Jewish person. I (laughs) have never been to a Celebrate Recovery meeting or even really looked into it because I just knew it was like the church thing, but if that's what you're into, go for it Um. There are also some other options. There's SMART Recovery, which unfortunately just doesn't have a ton of in-person meetings. I know they hold a lot of online meetings, uh, but they are a different type of recovery community. They believe in community kind of the same way that AA does. They take that community aspect and the meeting aspect, but they, as far as I understand, i have actually never done SMART. They use a CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, type of program, and they don't necessarily identify as alcoholics and drug addicts, and they don't necessarily believe in abstinence, and they kind of believe that through, like, CBT-based uh, like based programs that you can then change your behavior and your mindset, and you may be able to recreationally use your substance or a substance again. Um, I think that works really well for a lot of people. I don't think it would be right for me, but I think it definitely is good for a lot of people. There's also Refugee Recovery, which is now... Hold on, I want to check, actually. Okay, there's also Refugee Recovery, which was started as an alternative to AA. And it's based on Buddhist principles. It's really cool. I really... I think maybe in the next year, when I like get into it, except in the last year, they've changed their name to Recovery Dharma. Actually, I think they've split off because Refugee Recovery got Me Tooed. The founder of Refugee Recovery uh, had a very bad Me Too experience. I don't know the exact details, but basically, this guy who started it, his name is. Noah Levine, uh, did you actually, do you guys know that there are a lot of Jewish people who become Buddhists? It's definitely a thing that Jewish people, Noah Levine is definitely Jewish, um, that Jewish people become Buddhists. But Noah Levine basically got me too. There was a lot of issues with him. The board kind of asked him to step away and he wouldn't. So, uh, what did I, Recovery Dharma just like split off and became its own group because you know, the- The founder isn't in control and he may have helped a lot of people, but he's also hurt people. But his teachings can still be good. This is kind of something that I like about AA, personally, is that there is no board, really. There is no leader. There is nobody that we can find out they did something bad and it invalidates the whole program because it is uh, like a self-programme. You know, like somebody in your home group can do something bad and then you just like don't go to your home group anymore. Uh, Speaking of, for people who are curious, uh, yes, AA and NA meetings have stopped. It's like pretty unprecedented actually. Uh, Maybe the first time ever uh, clubhouses are closing and churches are not letting people in to do meetings. My home group did a Zoom meeting on Saturday night, that went kind of shockingly well. Like I, I can't believe how well. When I will say, in a meeting where I don't have to, like, be sitting there, I definitely don't pay as much attention because I'm on my phone. Uh, when I'm sitting in a meeting room, I try not to be on my phone, but it definitely like look online. You can get in contact with me, and I'll send you the link. But if you just Google like. AA online meeting there's so many online meetings right now and it's definitely important that you check them out if you feel like you need a meeting okay this is a good one from the house by the sea thoughts on Alexis Nyers pretty wild her new sober persona (sighs) okay I have been following Alexis Nyers pretty closely now Alexis Haynes for a long time I was really interested I watched pretty wild like When it aired, I always kept up with them. I was really interested in her sobriety journey. I think that she has a lot of good to say. Um, How do I want to say this? First of all, I think she still is not totally uh, honest about her involvement in the blingering. She says she'll be like, I was only at Orlando Bloom's house. Like, look at the police reports. Look at the police reports. And I'm like, okay, girl, I don't fully believe that. But whatever, let's say that that's true. I think I listen to her podcast occasionally. I was really excited for it. I thought she had a lot to share. Here's the thing about Alexis Haynes, and this is rude, is that she's not very smart. <laughs> I understand that that's a rude thing to say, but it's just the truth. First of all, she's anti-vax. Um, and, like, she talks about being anti-vax, why, like, her face has gotten to the point where she can't move it because there's so many filters in it, which is a shame. And it's like, so you won't vaccinate your kids, but you are like put poison in your face like that's fine like that doesn't make any sense to me um also the reason she's anti-vax she said that she vaccinated her first child and her first child got sick all the time and then she didn't vaccinate her second child and she never gets sick that's her reason yikes so I think when Alexis is talking about trauma I think when Alexis is talking about sobriety I think she's a lot to share I think she's just really bad at podcasting I think that she doesn't know how to interview people, which, like, probably fair enough. Like, I don't know how to interview people, which is why I don't have an interview podcast. (laughs) I have guests on occasionally, and I talk over them. I'm aware of that. But the point of my podcast isn't to have people on, like, to talk about, like, their deepest, darkest fears, which her podcast is. Um, I think her podcast could be good with a better producer and, like, and maybe a co-host. I think a co-host could really help her. Um, like, for example, she had on YouTuber Tana Mojo recently, and, like, I was like, oh, this actually could maybe be interesting, and Alexis is like, you know, our childhoods are really similar, but then they don't go into how their childhoods were similar, and it's like, well, could you, like, get into details? Like, she does this, like, super serious podcast that's supposed to be, like, this in-depth conversation, and the episodes are, like, 40 minutes long, (laughs) like, like, you can't talk about anything in 40 minutes, Um, so, on one hand, I think it's great that she is, like, I think she just celebrated nine years sober. That's amazing. I know she doesn't go to AA anymore, which, like, fine, I don't care. Um, I have heard her say some negative things about AA, which I think isn't really that fair. Just because you don't go doesn't mean you need to bash it. But, uh, I know she runs a treatment center, which... If you are a Patreon bonus member, I'm pretty sure... I did an episode on Jason from The Hills in Laguna Beach uh, about how I think he's a rehab scammer. And I did that, like, last summer, I think. I don't really remember. But I think I talk about, like, my thoughts on how a lot of people working in treatment are scammers. So, I don't know. I don't think Alexis is a inherently bad person. I think that when she's talking about what she knows, it's very smart. It like, it sounds really good, and it's interesting. I think the issue is, is that she's not very smart. And so as soon as she veers off topic, it's like, huh? Like, somebody posted in um a Facebook group I'm in the other day, it based off the pod, like, it's a Facebook group for the podcast Dopey, which is, like, a recovery and drug podcast, which, by the way, like, it's funny, I had recommended it, but it's also, like, I don't like it that much. It's hard to explain. I kind of like it and it's interesting because it's about like drugs and recovery and that type of stuff. But also it's like, they use a lot of words I don't agree with. It's like, Princess was like, you like this podcast? And I was like, only half I recommend it because I think like there are really interesting aspects of it. But no, (laughs) I don't agree with a lot they say. Anyway, I digress. Um, Somebody posted about something she said about how... All drug addicts do are drug addicts because of trauma. And, like, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't necessarily think that's... Oh, and that there is no uh, genetic component to addiction. And, like, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with that. I personally think that it's, like, a mixture of, like, nature and nurture, you know? Like, some of it is trauma. Some of it is genetic. I think there are some people that really don't really have trauma that still become drug addicts and alcoholics and um I think like she talks about this and I'm like I need people to remember that like Alexis isn't a doctor like she doesn't even have a college degree which like I'm not bashing it's not like my college degree makes me fucking smart but she's speaking as if she's like a researcher or she's an MD or she has a PhD And she doesn't have any of that. And so I think she speaks on authority on a lot of issues that she doesn't have the authority to speak on. And I do the same, but I feel like she kind of has a bigger platform than I do. (laughs) So those are my thoughts on Alexis. I just think she's not that smart. And I think the things that she's good at, she's good at. And she should stay away from the rest. Okay, we'll answer some more questions right after a quick break. (laughs) Hi, I'm Dana. Being a mom, my skincare routine had to change. Your skin changes over time. Finding the Inky List was also allowing me to, from an affordable standpoint, change my routine up without breaking the bank. But I've always been passionate about ingredients. With the Ask Inky, it allows me to go to the Inky List and ask a human being who might completely understand my specific problem, a specific question about skincare. Empowerment is not just about looking good or feeling good. Knowledge is power. Ardvark queen wants to you know what the worst haircut i've ever had i'm gonna be honest that i don't think i've ever really had a bad haircut Is <laughs> that's crazy to say i have like pretty nice hair and i think it looks nice long or short <laughs> oh god Okay, Aaron Stone wants to know, which of the teen mom companies would you invest in? Pothead, hair, things that matter, J.E. Brows, Girl, I don't know. I guess maybe things that matter. Uh, Gun to my head, I guess I say things that matter. Okay, Riva Maruvo, I don't know how to say that. Audiobook recommendations. That's great. This is a perfect time for audiobooks, why we take lots of walks where we stay away from other people. Okay, first of all, my favorite series is called Her Royal Spiness by Rice Bowen. Uh, the only thing is that the fucking narrator died after, like, book nine, and it's the mo- literally one of the most devastating things that's ever happened to me in my entire life. And that really upsets me. So, yeah, that's a thing. Okay, I'm looking through my thing. Uh, I loved Demi Moore's audiobook, Inside Out. I thought it was great. It was exactly what I wanted in an audiobook. I really liked The Testament, the Handmaid's Tale uh, sequel. I thought it was fun. I did not like American Royals, in case anybody was wondering. (laughs) Uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue audiobook. Pretty good. I mean, cheesy and like legit fan fiction, but I liked it. It was pretty good. What Remains by Carol Radziwell. uh, Good. I liked it. She narrated it, and I was a little like, I don't know, but I still really liked it. Kathy Griffin's official book club selection, her first book. Love that as an audiobook. Um, I loved, Leah Remini's book is fucking amazing. Leah Remini's audiobook is so, 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 so good. I liked The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and the Six, both by Taylor Jenkins Reads. Those are both good audiobooks. Anything by David Sedaris. David Sedaris is one of my favorite authors. I love all of his books. Uh, Let's Explore Diabetes Without Me, Talk Pretty One Day, Dress Your Family in corduroy and, uh, Pearls, is that what it, Corduroy and Denim, I think. Uh, Naked, his newest one, Calypso, I, I love David Steris and I love listening to his voice. I think he's such a good audiobook narrator. I I hate to say it, but I still like the Chelsea Handler books. (laughs) They didn't age that well, but they're funny, and she's funny reading them. Where'd You Go, Bernadette? I tried to watch that movie this weekend. It was wild as a movie, but as an audiobook, it's good. It took me a minute because, uh, the narrator is doing, like, a kid's voice, which is tough. (laughs) That's tough, but it, it actually grew in me, and it doesn't normally. Um, sorry, I know these are annoying and, like, won't be actually that easy. Oh, American Kingpin was really good. I liked all the Gillian Flynn books on audio, like, Sharper, what is it, Sharp Objects, Gone Girl... Except I hate and I listen to it like twice to see I maybe miss something. Dark Places. Really, really don't like Dark Places. The Man in the Rockefeller Suit about Clark Rockefeller, who was a scammer, that was a really good audiobook. I really liked the narrator on that. I'm just going through my Audible right now and anything that screams out. Oh, The Liberal Redneck Manifesto is so, so good. It's such a good audiobook. They do it so well. It's by these three comedians. Who are these like super super redneck guys who are also like very liberal and they're funny and it's a really good, interesting look at the South and their culture and why they think so many people are conservative and how they became liberal and stuff like that. Um, oh, a wild card. I know I am, but what are you by Samantha B. Samantha B's memoir is so funny, and she does a great job reading it. Okay, that's a bunch of them. Oh, and I just scrolled all the way down, and The Royal We uh, is a book that I really like. Okay, Aardvark Queen also wanted to know, how do you feel about crosswords? (laughs) I don't really do them. I'm not really smart enough for crosswords. It's just, that's not really, like, the way that my brain thinks. Okay, Nicole Buma said, would you ever foster? Um, maybe? In my next life? No, when I'm older, if I, like... Had my own place, like, my own house, maybe. And I was in a situation where I could, like, really dedicate a lot of my time and energy to fostering. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Uh, she also wanted to know if I find any of the Team Mom Attractives. I, I don't like them. I mean, Cheyenne, Ashley from Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I think they're both, like, so beautiful. Um, I don't... I don't know. I don't think that in general, the Teen Mom cast is very good looking. <laughs> oh, Erin Duffy um, um, wants to know, which Teen Mom would you want to be quarantined with? That's a great question. I mean, I say none of them. <laughs> My nightmare would be being quarantined with a Teen Mom. <laughs> I can't think of a single person on the cast of Teen Mom that I would want to be quarantined with. Gun to my head, I guess I would say Macy because I feel like she would be the least annoying. Like, she would be the one that annoys me the least. She would just, like, drink her beer and leave me alone, I think, and that's what I would want. Hannah Isabel says, what's the story behind the name Feathers in My Hair? I forget its origin. Oh, girl, how could you forget? It is when um, Janelle... Meets with her lawyer, Dustin, and he says, like, you're going to have to go to jail on these days or probation. You're going to turn yourself into their probation officer. And she's like, I can't. I'm going to a Kesha concert. That's why I got these feathers in my hair for this Kesha concert. It's iconic. Rachel Ugg wants to know, what kind of drama or non-drama do you predict for the new OG season? Good question. Um, I think the kind of non-drama... Or I guess it's all kind of non-drama. I think they're really going to hype up, uh, like, the taylor Corey, cheyenne blended family thing and Taylor being pregnant. I think that we're going to see a lot of Amber sitting on her couch crying about how unfair her life is. I think the the narrative is going to be just, like, how unfair everything is for poor Amber. And we're supposed to feel bad for poor Amber, even though we don't feel bad for poor Amber. But I think that's what it's going to be. Macy, I'm not sure what Macy's drama is going to be. Kate and Tyler, they're on Team Emoji, right? I've, like, forgotten. I think Kate and Tyler is going to be a lot about, like, we're so happy. We're so happy. We're so happy. Just, like, over and over again talking about how happy they are. But, like, we all know deep down they're, like, not that happy. Like, how happy could they really be, right? I think we all know that, and I think that's what it's going to be like. Okay, Pix of Ruby says, do you still keep up with Caroline Coway? I hate to admit that I do. <laughs> the worst part about Caroline Callaway is that she's so fucking boring and that she doesn't actually do anything. And there's truly nothing worth talking about her. And yet, I cannot stop reading about her and looking at what she's doing and talking about her. Um, it's just awful. It's awful. She doesn't do anything interesting. But I'm so, like, I can't quit her. I cannot look away Uh, Currently, I will say my most current thought on Caroline Calway is that, like, no one has ever been more... Oh, (laughs) I take that back. So there are two people that have greatly benefited from COVID-19. One being Caroline Calway because her her book that she is self-publishing that she pre-sold and is supposedly only releasing copies that was pre-sold for $25, it's going to be like literally a PDF printout with like I can't believe she's even doing it as a physical book. But it's going to be a PDF print it's going to be a pamphlet, right? Um which she claims to have finished, which there's no way she's even written one sentence of, I'm sure of that. Um it's supposed to ship out around April 1st and now she's going to get to use COVID to push it back indefinitely. Uh, that book will never come out. If it does it will be 14 pages. And people will have paid $25 for it and they get what they deserve. You know, like, that's on them for doing that. But she just got very lucky that she is not going to have to actually release that thing anytime soon because she's going to be able to blame coronavirus even though there should be no... I guess she'll say her publisher shut down, which is... I mean, when I say publisher, I mean the printer. She'll say the printer and the shipper is not up and running, which may be true but there's no way that she's a book published. This was really a gift, this COVID. The other person who benefited from COVID, Andrew Gilliam. Are you guys following this? <laughs> Andrew Gilliam, who ran for uh, governor in Florida last year in 2018 and only lost by like 35,000 votes, was caught in a hotel room this weekend with uh, two gay men, one being a sex worker Uh, One of them was so high on meth, like overdosed on meth. And the police were called. And Andrew Gilliam was so high that, or excuse me, he says he was just drunk. Which I think is possible. He was so drunk that he was throwing up when the police came. The reason I kind of believe he was just drunk is because he was like so fucked up that he couldn't leave. Like he didn't have the state of mind to leave. I think if he had been doing meth, like because meth is an upper you're drinking, like, it doesn't get as incoherent and, like, out of control. Like, your drunkenness isn't the same when you're, like, on an upper. So, I think if he was on meth, he would have had it in his mind enough to leave before the cops came. Because, you know, there were three of them in the room. The other one would have been able to take care of them. But when the cops got there, Andrew was so drunk, he couldn't even, like, respond to them. Um, and as I said, he was with two gay men, one of them being a sex worker. Uh, he, yeah, I... Apparently, there have been long-standing gay rumors about him. I didn't know this because I never, you know, cared to look. Today, he entered into rehab, which I knew he would as soon as I read this. I wonder if he is going to leave his wife or come out as bi or gay or whatever. So, yeah, Andrew is really lucky (laughs) that COVID happened because this is, like, third-page news instead of being everywhere and all anybody can talk about because it's so scandalous, he really, really, really lucked out. He got very, very lucky. That that's what we're talking about now, and that we're not talking about um, we're not talking about him. We're talking about COVID. <laughs> the biggest news story in like 20 years happens when you get arrested. Well, he didn't get arrested, I guess. But how lucky is he that the biggest news story in 10 years or 20 years happens like when he's caught in the room with like a gay sex worker? Pfft. Blessed by an angel. Uh, smc gilloway said favorite philly restaurants i have a confession that i don't go into philly that much i live about 45 minutes away from the city and i mostly stick to my suburbs (laughs) so i don't really have an answer uh kimberly s995 says can you do a reality tv podcast i would love to hear all about bravo and tlc from you um could i yes will i no I mean, like, doing one podcast a week is a lot when I have a full-time job and a life and I don't see myself ever adding a second podcast into the mix. Okay, 7pointkcadilla Point says, If you could bankrupt any person, company, country, or organization, what, who, would it be? I mean, I would say Donald Trump, but, I mean, he's already bankrupted himself so many times. I don't know. That's a hard one. Like... Bankrupt all the billionaires and give their money away, right? Okay, Aqualicious said, favorite FLDS memoirs. Okay, so I loved Escape by Carolyn Jessup. She also has a follow-up one that I can't re- Triumph, I believe is the name, and it's about the FLDS raid in Texas in 2006 or whatever year that was. But Escape is, I would say, kind of the the main FLDS memoir. I also love Stolen Innocence by Elise Wall. I really liked broken boy. I believe it was called by Jeff Walls. Is that? No. What's his last name? Hold on. I can't think of his name. I'm having a major. It's by Jeffs. His last name is Jeffs because he's Warren Jeff's nephew. Um, he had a really good memoir. So then there's The Witness War Red. Um, those are probably my favorites. Definitely though, Escape, Soul, and Innocence. And I believe. Broken Boy is the name of it. I think those are the three best FLDS memoirs, at least the ones that I've read. Uh, Aqualicious also asked, if you could be present for any past moment in Team Mom, which would it be? <sighs> That's a good one. I would say maybe if I could be like in the room, like smiling, laughing, it would be Janelle and Tori fighting and then Kiefer and Tori's boyfriend fighting the drumstick fight because that was pretty iconic. She also wants to know, do you think Ramona Singer uses drugs or any other housewives you think are high? um, I think Ramona Singer maybe uses Adderall. Like, I think it feels odd. Like, it's easy to say that Ramona Singer does coke, but I don't know. I can't really see Ramona doing street drugs, as she would call them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Ramona would ever do hard drugs, but like probably has a fucking pharmacy in her purse of drugs that get you fucked up. I think Adderall. Other housewives that you think get high. I think a lot of the housewives do coke. I think, obviously, Luann, obviously. Dorinda, obviously. Who else is on the housewives? Dorit definitely does coke, as Lisa Renna called her out. Um, I think a lot of them abuse, like, Adderall, Xanax. I think that's more likely. I think, of course, like, many of them do coke. Because they're rich ladies and a lot of rich people do coke and they drink so much. Like, I don't... (laughs) You have to have some sort of upper to drink as much as they do. But I would think the majority of them do, like, a Judy Garland where they're on, like, an Adderall in the day and then a Xanax at night and they're drinking. Like, I think most of them do the modern-day Judy Garland. Seven Point Quesadilla asks, can you fold a fitted sheet? I cannot. No. Um... I'll keep this one anonymous because she didn't say, but I'm not sure if she wants her name on there. Uh, sorry, this is deep. How do I cope with a brother who is an addict? It's so hard. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, girl. I. It's hard to say because I've never really been fully on the other side. I would say, you know, Al-Anon meetings or Nar-Anon meetings, you can, like, get to know other people who are in your similar position. I really think that, like, a connection with a higher power helps in anything. So you can kind of give your problems up to them. I I wish I had more information for people who are, like, siblings and loved ones of addicts that reach out. But, like, I don't really know how to help them because I've never really been in that position. When my parents drank and used, I was a child. And then when I had a boyfriend that used, like, I was also, like, in my version of active addiction. So I just don't have that experience. Maria, my baby girl Maria, uh, asked which teen mom is the best prepper? Great question. Uh, I think I said this last week that it's definitely Chelsea because of her anxiety. Um, I think Kale could also be a full-blown prepper if she leaned a little harder into that version of conspiracy theorist. I've had a couple people ask me this. Hey, K-Sup, where can I find your Love is Blind podcast episode? It is on Everyone's Business But Mine podcast. Kara Berry's podcast. Go listen to it. It's great. I've also had a lot of people ask me where the Cheer podcast is. Um, I recorded it in January, I think. If you're a $5 patron, just scroll back to like the end of January and it should be there. Amarsu asks, where have you traveled internationally and or where would you like to? I have been to... Guatemala, Israel, and Canada, and Mexico, internationally. I would love to go to Europe. I definitely, definitely am trying to go to Europe, especially Germany. Uh, My friend and I were kind of planning, like, a Germany-Poland trip to go to Germany and then also see um, Auschwitz in Poland. But then her best friend got engaged, so it was, like, planning a quick wedding for the summer and then, you know, COVID, so I'm glad I didn't plan anything But I think definitely my next international trip is Europe, and also I'd really, really like to go to South America. Um, okay. Okay, what's next for the Young and Pregnant Girls? Anything MTV related? I think this is a great question. I hope Ashley will be able to transition into some type of show. I think she has a lot of potential, but I'm not so sure about the rest of the cast. Even though you guys know I love the Beavers and think they deserve more. I don't know. I see like X-List reality TV. That X-List makes it sound porny. I mean like Z-List reality TV shows, if that. They're really not even famous enough to get on like the Wii TV shows, which is sad and depressing. Okay, Breon Camomile37 asks, who do you have more sympathy for, Taylor or Lauren? That's a really interesting question. I don't know. Honestly, I'm kind of at a... I don't have very much sympathy for either of them. For those that don't know, Corey has allegedly been cheating on Taylor for, like, her entire, entire pregnancy. But, like, don't forget that Corey got up there on that reunion stage and, like, would not say he loved Taylor. And she's like, I know how he feels. I know how he feels. He doesn't need to say it. Which is, like, the saddest, most pathetic thing that anybody can ever say is when their boyfriend is, like, refusing to, like, define their relationship and refusing to say he loves them. And they're like... I know how he feels. It's like, well, you don't because he won't fucking say it. So actually you don't know how he feels. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Um, So I don't really feel bad for her because she got pregnant by a guy that won't say he loves her. And I definitely, my sympathy for Lauren, I think occasionally I will feel a tinge of badness for her. But I think her saying with Javi, it's just like, I'm sorry, it's pathetic. Like, I understand working on your relationship, but, like, when you are publicly humiliated on the level that she was, like, for your fiancé to fuck someone in your home while you're there, and then for it to be on the tabloids, like, how do you say, like, that is, <sighs> Ew. yikes, 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 that's what that is. Like, the level of patheticness there... I think I said this on Reddit, but Lauren's desperation makes her really easy to hate. <laughs> that might be rude, but I just do. Okay, uh, Vicvinegar.gif wants to know who do what do you think about John Binet Ramsey? As I said in my last podcast, John Benet Ramsey, I think, was like kind of my introduction into pop culture and like the world around me. And I think my most likely scenario is that Um, Burke did it and Patsy covered up for him Um, or 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 uh, maybe I guess like an intruder could have broken in and Burke her brother was like so traumatized and like couldn't speak that Patsy assumed that Burke did it so she wrote that ransom note and then John moved the body there to me, I understand there's actually pretty strong uh contingency online that believes that it was an intruder, and I don't want to discount that. But for me, I can never discount the ransom note and like it being the exact amount of bonus that John got, and that the handwriting was similar to Patsy's, and the fact that they like put her in the base. Whoever moved her body like put her in the basement, like. It's never made a ton of sense for an intruder for me. I've always kind of assumed that Burke did it and then the parents covered it up. Like both of them covered it up. But I wouldn't be like, I I would believe that they found her dead. Maybe an intruder did it and they really believed Burke did it. So they covered up like he did it, but he didn't actually do it. I would love to know who killed John JonBenet Ramsey. I think I'm pretty solidly in the Burke did it camp, but the world will never know. This one made me crack up. Uh, Hales2293 said, do you think Chanel caused coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, a Sagittarius rising says, what would your perfect day be? Um, a really good day for me is to sleep in until about 10, to hit a 1045 yoga class, to get a lovely breakfast afterwards, to then go get my nails done, To come home and take a nap and then get up and have dinner with friends. That's like an ideal day for me. Or like to be at the shore and go to the beach and then go out on the boat. Also that. And both of those things happen to me fairly regularly. So that's good. I like that my perfect days are attainable. (laughs) I try and have them be attainable. Uh, Matilda MJ wants to know my favorite celebrity controversy I mean, I talked about that Andrew Gillum thing that just happened. I love shit like that. I just love celebrity controversy. It's hard for me to pick a favorite. I mean, a favorite celebrity controversy. uh, I mean, recently, what's how? I okay, here's one that's off the top of my head. Like that Arnold Schwarzenegger love sworch. I can't say the word right. His last name right now, but the love child story with the housekeeper. Like that's incredible. I love shit like that. I love love children. Love to find out about an outside child. I just love, like, something that's really juicy that, like, blindsides everyone that's, like, no one is expecting. I will say, even though it's, like, dark and sad what happened when Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, like, when she instantly filed for divorce or, like, filed to separate, I was like, whoa, holy shit, like, what happened that she would, like, so do this so quickly and then to find out that Brad was an alcoholic and he tried to hit her and Max stepped in and he hit Maddox, like, and then the kids wouldn't see him. Like, that's some juicy shit. Like, that's juicy. Like, the fact that, like, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, who, like, really, like, paraded themselves around as, like, this perfect, like, couple uh, broke up because, like, domestic violence and alcohol abuse. Like, yikes. That's crazy. By the way, the PR that Brad Pitt has had I personally believe that it is possible that Brad Pitt change. I believe deep in my heart that people who have substance abuse issues can change and can be better people. And I hope that is true for him. And it's great that he's sober. But, like, can we talk about the fact that he, like, half of his kids, like, will not see him or speak to him. And he, like, went on this crazy Hollywood tour and won an Oscar this year. And everyone's like, we love Brad. Oh, my God. Brad and Jed. A picture of them. It's like half his kids won't talk to him because he, like, hit one of his kids. Like, that's some good PR. I love shit that, like, involves good PR. You know what I mean by that? Like, I love good PR that, like, covers shit up. Then we find out, like, years later. Um, yeah, I just, I love celebrity gossip. I love scandals. I love knowing every detail about everything that's ever happened. It's just, I love it. It's great. (laughs) What's your favorite Doritos flavor? Cool Ranch all day, every day, no competition, always Cool Ranch. I can't, like, I would never buy a different flavor of Doritos, but Cool Ranch. Uh, Sugar Magnol, <laughs> Sugar Magnol. that's funny, instead of Magnolia. Um, Wants to know, what would your Real Housewives be? It would definitely be something like, I don't know, I'm not going to come up with these, like, on the spot, but it would be something like, I'm not a bitch, I just tell it like it is. Like, it would be something like that, like, I tell it like it is, like, I'm a straight shooter, like, some shit like that just really means, like, I'm a rude bitch. I think that would definitely be, that would definitely be my tagline. Okay, I'm going to wrap up the episode here. Oh, someone wanted to know my thoughts on Maddie Gosling's TikTok. I haven't dove into that yet, but maybe next AMI I'll let you know and I want to talk more about the Gosling's. In general, Uh, you should listen to this mushroom now called Dunzo. His, up, Troy's episode on Kate and John is so fucking good. I remember I'd been in a real podcast lull, and I listened to that and I was like, oh, this is why I fucking love podcasts. I wanted to finish this off. I'm not sure if this person wanted me to use their name so I won't use it, but... Uh, They said, I started listening before I got off heroin, and you were the first sober heroin addict I knew of. Thank you for being an example that is possible. You taught me how to be that. Uh, That is truly, like, the best thing that I could ever hear. Like, when people message me stuff like that, that listening to this podcast made them re-examine their drinking or their using or that, like, I am somebody that, like, is a light in their life, like, that I got sober from heroin so that they knew they could get sober from heroin. Like, that's just, like, uh, it's why I do it. There's, like, no, I there's no better feeling than that, to know that, like, this stupid team Mom podcast that I do, like, the, truly the stupidest podcast that could ever exist is Feathers in My Hair, and yet... Like to know that people are inspired by that is just so, it's so lovely. Okay, I actually just opened my messages and wanted to answer this final question. Uh, this person wanted to know Do you think Chelsea's still friends with the woman whose husband was a- arrested for attempting to solicit an underage girl? I would love, love, love to know this. I, Brittany is her name. If you will remember, I used to call her Chelsea too even though Chelsea Grace really should be Chelsea too, but Brittany looked so much like Chelsea. If you'll remember, her husband was arrested because he uh, was caught going to a hotel to meet a girl that like he thought was 14 years old to the point where he talked about her like meeting him after school type of shit. He was arrested. He pled guilty. He didn't get a jail time. I did believe he did have to register as a sex offender. Yes. I think she's absolutely still friends with Brittany. Well, I don't know. Okay, because we don't know if Brittany left this guy. I kind of think that she probably didn't leave him. And I hope in my heart that if he she didn't leave him, then Chelsea's not friends with her anymore. But I don't know. I think they've been friends since childhood. Man, I don't know. That's such a good question. Let me know in the comments of this episode um, if you think that Chelsea's still friends with Brittany and if you think Brittany left this guy, I would, if you have, if you fucking live in South Dakota and you have information on this, like, please, please tell me. I won't even tell the podcast if you say I can't. I just want to know if Brittany ever left this guy and if Chelsea's still friends with him. I think the world deserves to know. And if not the world, I deserve to know. My gut instinct says, no, she did not leave him. Chelsea and her are probably still friendly via text, but not like they were. Because they all used to hang out, like, as a foursome. We know how Cole is, and I can't see uh, Cole letting this guy come around the house anymore or going near him. And I don't think Chelsea would either, I hope. And I, but I, like, I don't know how do you, it's hard to break up with a friend. So, the world may never know. She's never going to be on Team Mom again or have public social media again, so... One day, time will tell. Okay, guys, stay safe, stay inside, social distance, let's beat this shit. Hopefully, I talk to you again soon, not on a national lockdown. Kiss, kiss, love you. This is an episode of Feathers in My Hair, which is hosted by Liz Bentley. It's executive produced by Molly McAleer and Nicole Matthew. Love ya. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? Thankfully, with Keeps.com slash nerds, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. Keeps treatment starts at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. So, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, just go to Keeps.com slash nerds. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash nerds.